Stop! Sure you want the rest of it? Dirty Harry Welcome back to Dirty Harry Minute, your favourite podcast reviewing every minute of the 1971 Warner Brothers film Dirty Harry. I'm your, one of your hosts, Tim, and I'm joined with our usual get, well, usual hosts, Trent. Hello there. John. Hello. And returning guest, Joel. Welcome back. Hello. Good to be here. The minute begins with Harry preparing to kick down the door and ends with Scorpio stumbling down concrete steps. Joel, what are your thoughts? Oh, yeah, it's, it's a great scene. I love how it's sort of shot and the darkness surrounding the whole thing is just great. And, I just, yeah, it's, and you can really sort of feel the anger that Harry's feeling towards this sort of this character that's an absolute nutbag. <laughs> um, but he's not without it sort of appeal. Do you think we're supposed to be um, either shocked or surprised with... Because up to this point, it's been very dark and he mm. kicks open this door and it's quite sort of warm light looks reasonably normal i suppose mm. um but maybe you're meant to be surprised in some way that i don't know is or is it meant to look uh, i suppose um unappealing like an unappealing place to live i actually really i don't know what it is but i really don't mind where he lives <laughs> <laughs> i'm just felt, feeling myself drawn to where he lives it's it's weird I can't explain it. It's kind of cool. It's kind of sad, but it's kind of cool. He's got that uh, interesting Belfast sparkling water. Yeah, and, and he's got like he's got like a few nerdy pics, and and I, I saw the American flag before, and doesn't look like the worst place to live. No, no, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool. When I was in San Francisco this last time, listeners are bored of my honeymoon stories, but I went to the fashionable place Somo and I went into a bar, and uh, there they had that Belfast sparkling water clock. Oh, right. Yeah. Wait, oh. so- Somo is a bar? Somo's the district south of Market Street. Oh, right. Somo. Oh, right. Yep. Wait, and it's, sorry, it's like a public clock or what did you say? Oh, no, no. It's a beer brand, Belfast oh, right, Sparkling right, Water right. or something. Yeah. Okay. So, it's just quite apt that I saw a replica like this. Did he try it? <laughs> it wasn't on tap there, I don't oh. think. Um, the nude we see, uh, the internet tells us the centerfold is from the March 1967 Playmate of the Month. Uh, what was her name? Fran Gerard. Look her up. She's uh, she died young, unfortunately, in the eighties. Oh. But um, she certainly appealed to Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> is it te- is it telling that he's got a four year old pinup? I suppose things were harder to get back then. If you had a good picture, you want to keep it. You want to keep it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, for all we know, maybe this was um, occupied by someone else before him, and he's just. Taken over this room. Yeah, oh, yeah, the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Could well be. <laughs> the groundsman found something a bit better, did he? Could well be true. Moved on to granite pastures, so to speak. Um, <laughs> the, the internet also says that he's got an Oakland Raiders um, pennant. pennant in there. Yeah. Which is sacrilege, of As course. As opposed to the 49ers. Yeah. yeah. 
So even he, he's, he's taken the piss, even the character is, you know, yeah. he goes against the grain. Once again, the character just does not fit into the, the mould. Yeah, he's just totally ostracised from everything. It's, it's funny that you say that. I just bought an Oakland Raiders cap. Oh, oh, really? <laughs> fan of Scorpio. I'll wear it next time. <laughs> no, I'd actually just like the logo. I've seen I've seen people wear it before. Yeah, it's Mind been around, the Goonies, huh? It's been around for years. That logo, like the, the pirate logo. Uh, it's quite cool. Yeah. Would you like to live in this uh, room, Tim? Maybe for a few weeks, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I was in Scorpio's state of mind, <laughs> I, I've got a theory. He uh, he was probably bullied by the jocks in school, mm. and now he hates the fact that he's working in a sports yeah. stadium. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably quite true, actually. So the doctor said he sells guides, does he? Like programs, programs. or whatever. Yeah. Playboy programs. <laughs> <laughs> he probably collects them too. He's probably probably got like every every edition ever made or something. Now we don't see the gun, the rifle anywhere here, do we? No. No. So, were you imagining that, or does that appear in a, another... We were just thinking a way we could introduce the gun, the rifle, later on, if it was in plain sight. But um, if it's not, then it won't be admissible. You don't see many kettles in movies, do you, Tim? Uh, oh, surely there is. Listeners, like in- dirtyharryminute.com, right in. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it used in um, a lot of uh, films when... Thing, you know, the characters, I don't know, f- uh, distracted and th- thinking about something too much. And then yeah. the kettle sort of goes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, like in animations anyway. Yeah. In my mind, like America's the home of the urn, you know, the ever. Yeah. The coffee that's the always coffee percolating. Urn. Yeah. Although I, I do find it, um, I don't know, it, it must be an older style kettle. that They put it on the stove rather than the electric ones. Yeah. That we, yeah. Because I wonder if later on we hear the noise that Scorpio trip. Is he just? What do you think he's tripping over? Maybe himself. Or? He dropped his. Maybe had a glass of tea that he he had. And he, mm. Do you like how Scorpio limps, Trent? What if he hurt himself running down those stairs with his bung lead? He wanted to earn his stunt pay. Remember, he's getting paid stunt pay. Is as he well? running because he's just scared Harry's too close to him at the, that point in time, or, or has Harry heard? Harry's heard a noise. Mm. It all depends the key lighting before of his eyes. Where was he seeing? Mm. Was he seeing how um, keen Harry was to, you know, he was going to climb over a wall like an animal to get to him. Yeah. Because up until now, he's just seen this cop that did everything he said and he beat him in the ribs. Mm. He doesn't have any evidence at the moment that Harry's uh, a force to be reckoned with, really. Why isn't he running away with his rifle or something? Would you say he's the hunchback of Kesar Stadium? <laughs> <laughs> The Phantom of Kizar Stadium. <laughs> yeah. the, the Ghost Rider of Kizar <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to work more out from when you get that shot of his room. It's the closest we get to his background. Yeah. But it's not much in there, is there? No, like it's, no just... it's pretty sparse. It's not until the next movie, Magnum Force, that we see Harry's uh, abode. Oh, yes. Which is probably just as depressing mm. or as cool as this, you thought, yeah. Joe? <laughs> 1971. I'm trying to think if there were many films about Hollywood films about Vietnam that had Vietnam veterans in them at that time. If he is indeed a Vietnam veteran. Mm. One of the earliest inclusions of Vietnam War is in a Twilight Zone episode. No. In Praise of Pip, where he yes. died. Yeah. Yeah, Praise of Pip. And at the end, mm. you see the guy. Yeah. It's yeah. Black yeah. Cugman episode. Yeah, that's I, right. I yeah. find it. I mean, it, it's maybe not an appealing place to live, but it doesn't look. Um, you know, compared to 
compared to your favourite film Seven. Yeah, it's not. It's not like it, they've stumbled across this no. creepy, uh, you know, disgusting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, obsessive. It's quite sort of neat and orderly. Yeah, as as yeah. as much as it can be. That's yeah. In the movie, uh, Clint directed before this play Misty for me. Of course, it has another yeah. psychotic. Well, she turns out to be a killer psychotic character played by Jessica Walters. We never see her background or where she lives or anything. So for a lot of Clint movies where he plays a tough guy, you just know that they they were born bad villains. Yeah. That's the appealing thing about Scorpio. You don't want to sort of know too much about him, I think. People said Clint Eastwood became a bit of a lefty, a wuss later on, like in A Perfect World with Kevin Costner. You hear his story about how he was a good guy that went for a joyride and, and Clint's character said yeah. to the judge, nah, put him in jail. So he learns his lesson and he realises, you know, mm. sometimes criminals just need to, you know, they've had a bad childhood. Yeah. Well, we talked a little bit last minute about evidence searches, Tim. Mm-hmm. Are they boring, boring recollections for you? That's good. So we might want to turn ourselves now to future minutes with the questioning, the rights of questioning. Because in the days before DNA, um, it was pretty hard to find physical evidence that wasn't circumstantial. So confessions were very vital for prosecution. But of course, they came up against the Fifth Amendment, which reads, No person shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself, nor be deprived of liberty, property, life without due process of law. I think we're all familiar with that general right to not incriminate yourself. Uh, For the longest time, this was thought to be a limited testimonial privilege. That is, it was only something you could rely on in court at trial. You could refuse to answer any questions or say, I don't want to, I'm not going to give evidence against myself. But in the 60s, it was gradually applied to police practices itself before trial. Uh, Justice Warren, his criminal procedure evolution, uh, held that from the 60s, the US Supreme Court began to limit the scope of sophisticated and subtle, as well as crude, illegal police practices. Constitutional rights to silence and right to counsel were now made compulsory during interrogation. There was a recognition there was too much discretion and discrimination at a custodial level. Police needed to do more to actively respect civil rights. These new directions led to an elevation of lawyers over police and legal services corporation otherwise known as legal aid was created to bolster the rights of suspects to representation do you know the two landmark cases joel concerning rights and cautioning oh we get them later mentioned on this movie probably not no well the first one was escobita versus illinois uh, june 1964 contentious five to four majority so very you know it was very divided Facts. Uh, Manuel Valtiero was shot and killed with his daughter found lying in the snow. His brother-in-law, Danny Escobita, made no statement to the police and was released the same day. Uh, however, later, a suspect in custody told police that Escobita had fired the fatal shots because the victim had mistreated Escobito's sister. The police recalled Escobita for questioning, put that allegation to him, and urged him to confess. Escobita repeatedly asked to see his attorney, but the police refused, and but deferred charging him. His attorney went to the police station and repeatedly asked to see his client. 
They interrogated Escobedo for 14 hours, during which he made statements indicating a knowledge of the crime. He was convicted, and the the ACLU took it to the Supreme Court, who ruled ultimately that where a police investigation is no longer a general inquiry into an unsolved crime, but has begun to focus on a particular (coughs) suspect in police custody, who has been refused an opportunity to consult with his counsel, and who has not been warned of his constitutional right to keep silent. The accused has been denied his Sixth Amendment right, and no statement extracted by the police during the interrogation can be used against him at trial. Uh, Ultimately, uh, a suspect could flat-out refuse to speak. Any time they requested counsel, the interrogation must cease until an attorney was was present. What year was that? 1964. So... So from that point on, what they have the right to a lawyer? <laughs> they have the right to counsel, not just at trial, like not just representation yeah, yeah, yeah. at trial, but when they're being interrogated yeah. by police. Which is what you always see in the films nowadays. That's right. Go, I want to speak to my lawyer. lawyer. Yep. Mm. Yep. The second case we have, it's later quoted by that damn DA, is Miranda versus Arizona. Oh, Miranda, yeah. Two years later, another, con- uh, another controversial majority decision. Uh, five to four, was about the Fifth Amendment. The facts of the case were, in 1963, Lois Ann Jameson was abducted and raped while walking home from the movies. A week later, while a family member was driving her home, they noticed a car driving slowly and suspiciously. Police knocked on the door of the house where the car was parked, and one Ernesto Miranda was home. Uh, The police asked him voluntarily to come down to the police station. At a lineup, Miranda said, how did I do? To which the police said, not good. And Miranda said, well, I better tell you. After two hours of interrogation by police, Miranda signed a confession on forms that included the type statement, I do hereby swear that I make this statement voluntarily and of my own free will with no threats or coercion. However, at no time was Miranda told of his right to counsel or his right to remain silent. And it was held, again, that interrogations in this manner violated the Fifth Amendment. Remember, the, uh, the Escobedo case was about the, the Sixth Amendment right to counsel, but this was about right, you know, their, specifically their rights not to give any information if they so decided. Famously, this was the Miranda rights. Um, once again, it was applied now in all police interrogations, whereas previously it was thought it was just a right that you had at trial. Uh, Any statements given where a person was not cautioned were inadmissible. Uh, It was held, quote, The state must produce the evidence against the defendant by its own independent labours, rather than by the cruel, simple expedient of compelling it from the suspect's mouth. Um, It was a recognition that these warnings were needed to counteract the pressure that a person detained would typically be under. Because even without employing brutality or the third degree, police could exact a heavy toll on a suspect's ability to think straight. So pretty much cops can still use pressure or lying or yep. good cop, bad cop, mm. as long as they read you your rights. So, yeah. There you go. Any questions, dudes? Mm, very interesting. I suppose the important thing to say is these rights quickly became very well entrenched and in pop culture. Mm. Um, and many police departments started to even pre-print these Miranda waiver forms for the suspects to sign. Yep. 
So then it became a catchphrase on cops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can we do cops minute? Yeah. Every single episode of cops. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be great. <laughs> In real life, um, Miranda was... Those statements that he made were ruled inadmissible, mm. but it was returned to a lower court for re-adjudication, yeah. and Miranda was actually convicted again, with even without those statements. Um, the DA introduced other evidences. Evidence. Uh, he called a witness, an usherette at the cinema rape, identified him, uh, so that's still okay, and a housemate testified some hearsay that was allowed that he had told her of committing the crime. Um, anyway, Miranda got out of jail eventually, and he was famous for signing credit card-sized Miranda cards for tourists for small money, became a bit of a local minor celebrity. Um, in a Twilight Zone fitting end, he was later killed in a barroom brawl. Um, a suspect stabber was questioned. He exercised his right to remain silent, so they couldn't hold him. And he left. The suspect was never seen again. So, yeah, I think we can all spell irony here. Uh, Miranda, of course, was criticised from the left. People saying it doesn't go far enough. Why do you have to actively tell someone they have these rights? It should be assumed. And criticism from the right. They said these rights unnecessarily handcuff police and deny them the ability to gain confessions. Yeah, what do you think, Tim? Um, A rights, um, good thing, bad thing? (laughs) I'm still waiting to hear where Mirinda the soft drink fits in. <laughs> <laughs> Is that still around? No. I don't no. You often sometimes say it at a milk bar now and then. But <laughs> I always remember the Bugs Bunny commercial. <laughs> Yellow, Yellow Mellow came back for a bit, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. That's right. What about Tab? Tab. <laughs> yeah, it's sugar free. I've been trying to find seven up. have the right to a soft drink? Really? It's only at. KFC. No shit. You can't buy it in Coles or Woolies. Or really? Woolies. Yeah, yeah. It's bizarre. Really bizarre. None of them are solo, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> solo stands on its own. <laughs> what do you think, Joel? Generally, these rights are, are good? Yeah, I mean, it's pros and cons with everything. Um, you know, you have to look out for both parties concerned. But, I mean, some you know sometimes the police may be accused of having their hands tied and maybe they're brutal, you know. Pros and cons with everything. One of the dissenting judges said, if we are talking about equality between the policeman and the criminal, we are on very dangerous ground. Well, in our neck of the woods, of course, Miranda warnings are a bit different in Australia in that they only apply to 19th century schoolgirls thinking of picnicking around rocks. (laughs) Miranda! (laughs) Wait, so it's... Miranda, it's a universal term for the police? Generally, Miranda rights, yeah. I think it is now, isn't it? Um, As a general rule, there are no specific Miranda rights in Australia. Of course, the right to silence is quite a basic part of the common English law, which Australia has inherited. The basic idea, you know, you can't be compelled to incriminate you. And each state has legislation requiring suspects to be cautioned. Um, In New South Wales... It's, um, you are not obliged to say or do anything unless you wish to do so, but whatever you say or do may be used in evidence. Do you understand? Mm. South Australia has a similar Offences Act. You must, as soon as practical, inform the person of their rights. They're entitled to refrain from answering any question while in custody. Um, you're entitled to make a telephone call to a family member, friend or solicitor. So generally speaking, not as... Not as heavily, heavily enforced in America as, as it was for a long and time. And the United Kingdom? 
similar situation, I would think. Yeah, because I remember on like the bill and stuff, it was pretty much the same deal. You have the right to an attorney, you have the right to love. <laughs> that Cockney accent. Yeah. I think, for instance, you know, in, <laughs> entrapment, right, where you pretend those things are sort of more okay in Australia than they are in America. Mm. I'll never watch another episode of Random Breath Test the same way again. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, in Australia, we have exceptions like to those questionings and so forth that, you know, yep. there are terrorist offences or for, tra- oh. for traffic summary offences sometimes. Yep. Yep. You're not required to give that information. Mm. Sorry, you're not required to deny the police that information. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, what did you think of this minute, Tim? Uh, well, it's got Scorpio hobbling, so... The hobbler. Thumbs up from me. Mm. <laughs> What's your favourite hobbling m- scene in a movie? Other than this? Oh, it has to be something from Seven, surely. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin Hoffman in Midnight, Midnight Cowboy. Cowboy. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's I'm walking great. here. I'm walking here. <laughs> when he's dancing to the jingle. Orange juice on us. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't crisp and kindergarten cop hobble for a bit. Yeah, I feel like he does as well. Or is that Arnie? <laughs> I can't remember. He's down a corridor or something. I feel like one of them's hobbling. Dominic. Arnie? There's a scene in the Terminator where he's hobbling, I think, towards the end. He's been, legs been run over by a truck. And Arnie's sort of stumbling around a bit. Or Michael Bean. He hobbled a bit. Yeah. How would you convict this minute, Trent? Guilty or innocent of boredom? Um, a standalone boredom. But uh, flows very well with the minutes surrounding. Very well. Really good. Very tense and nice little build up. But uh, on its own. <laughs> Does it make you want to go to the footy or anything? Or make you want to be a janitor for a day? Or- uh, no. It makes me think of the smell of stadiums when there's no- food and stuff around. Overpriced food. Yeah. Overpriced food. Yeah. Makes you think of Ghost Rider. <laughs> Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah. At Marvel Stadium. Joel, do you think Scorpio would have been a good seller of footy records? I don't think he would have been. No, not not the ones not the ones I've seen. He, he would have been not pathetic, but I don't think not any, into it. He's not into yeah, it. Not, not enthusiastic. His heart's not in it. You can just tell. He would have been like, oh, you know, you know, just not interested, and you can just tell, like walking past him, like, oh. He doesn't even go for the home side. He goes for the Oakland Raiders. I don't know what sort of catch cry he would have used, but yeah. Oh, please, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> programs. Programs. <laughs> now do it in a Michael Douglas voice. Programs. Oh, God. Do Marlon Brando now. <laughs> oh, programs. <laughs> Ten cents for you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, the groundsman's going to throw him out soon because we've discussed it's just closed. The, footy, the, the football is over, so... How do you tell someone it's over if the groundsman's saying, how do I get rid of this sucker? He's going to kill the ground... <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. He is the groundsman. Or is he? No, he's not. I think it's quite eerie. The stadium's empty. Does anyone else find that? Yeah, bit, yeah, bit strange. Like, yeah, I've walked through Victoria Park once when it was empty. I mean, it's, it's no longer in use, but still, the framework's still there. It's kind of just, it's just odd. Were you there daytime? Or no, nighttime. Oh, really? Yeah, not like not long ago. I was walking to a friend's house, and it was a shortcut through the stadium. So really, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just I don't know. It's kind of spooky. I'm sure in later minutes we'll touch on the symbolism. It's like a gladiatorial coliseum yeah. and yeah. all those things. But I think for a moment we'll draw this to a close, Tim. You're the custodian. Yes. Thank you for listening to Dirty yeah. Harry True, True Crime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we'll catch you next time. Any Thanks for joining us, Joel. No worries. Thanks. I believe you have earmarked some other favourite minutes in the future. Oh, yeah. There's a lot in this film that I love, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Every penny's worth. We'll catch you next time, Trent. <laughs> Dirty, Dirty Harry. Harry. True crime. True crime. <laughs> <laughs>